Hello everybody and welcome to the Industry Podcast, an esports insider podcast where I speak to people and personalities within the esports sector. Today, I'm joined by Ray Ng, the head of esports ecosystems at Mobile Legends Bang Bang developer, Moonton Games. We'll be talking about Mobile Legends Bang Bang, its rising popularity in Southeast Asia, and the overall mobile esports ecosystem there as well. We're also going to be talking about the M5 World Championships, which is currently taking place right now, and also its expansion into other regions it's a really mobile focused heavy conversation and i'm really looking forward to it so let's jump into the episode ray it's an absolute pleasure to have you on to speak mobile esports to speak mobile legends bang bang right now you are currently you know in the midst of it in the m5 world championships the tournament's just coming on right now uh you're in the philippines firstly before we jump in like how have you found the m5 world championships so far because obviously after this it will be a uh, finish but how have you found the event? Yeah, I think it's been uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, we have more countries uh, participated in this year. Uh, we just finished our wildcard actually last week, uh, which involved, like I mentioned, we involved more countries. And uh, some of the dark horses really showing up, say uh, Mongolia. And uh, even the Saudi is really um, performing well during the wildcard stage with Team Falcon. Um, unfortunately, Team Falcon doesn't make it, but um, we have a team from Mongolia make it from Wildcard to Group C. So, yeah, it's been amazing so far um, for for this year uh, M5 World Championship, which uh, we've seen some rising regions coming up to compete uh, with the now nowadays dominating regions in the Philippines, right? Because a uh, Philippines player of Mobile Legend has been dominating the scenes. Um, for for a couple of years already, so hopefully we see some uh, changes of landscape uh, in M5 this year. I do want to talk more about M5 in a second, but before we we jump into it and about mobile esports in Southeast Asia, let's uh, introduce yourself to the people here on the podcast. Sure. So, could you give sure. a brief introduction about your journey in esports and how you ended up at Moonton as the head of esports ecosystems? Yeah, absolutely. Um, hi everyone, this is Ray. Uh, I've been uh, working in the industry to, for almost a decade. Uh, how I was started is actually um, I started in Hong Kong, uh, where uh, after my graduation, and um, I started working as some freelance as uh, showcasters and also um, and also some live event producer. Uh, also a part timers back then, so I've been. Uh, that's how I started in the industry because I think 10 years ago or in, in Hong Kong, there are not many companies like really doing um, esports at, at that time. Um, so started how, that's how I started. And eventually, I got uh, into the industry by uh, joining a company in Hong Kong called Hong Kong Esports. Um, some of the people are familiar with the company, which they... I also um, have a team business, uh, Hong Kong Attitude, running multiple titles like uh, League of Legends, uh, AOE, um, uh, a, a club in Hong Kong back then. Uh, I've been with the company for, for almost uh, two years. And after that, I joined um, uh, different publishers, uh, which involved uh, Blizzard. I worked for Blizzard for two years, also a uh, product manager for uh, esports uh, hubstones and also 
uh, after that, I also joined Tencent for a little bit. Uh, and then interestingly, I I joined uh, uh, the government from Hong Kong, which called Cyberport for two years, uh, helping Hong Kong to develop the uh, esports scene in Hong Kong. Um, also, also for a couple of years, and uh, now I ended up in, in it with Moonton, where where I'm the head of uh, esports ecosystem, um, helping Mobile Legends to expand the scene globally with different partners. Uh, so that basically my journey so far, uh, where, where, uh, led me to the current role at Moonfilm Games. So yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been a, uh, a, a journey for me. Basically an, an esports veteran, it seems then at this point, right? Yes. Yes. Correct. <laughs> so, um, I actually want to talk about, I, I talk about a lot about mobile esports in general, but I am very aware that sometimes I will talk about mobile legends, bang, bang. And then normally the, the first question that comes up, especially from a Western audience perspective is well, mm-hmm. what is that essentially? So for you, for, I want, I want to kind of provide you with an opportunity to kind of highlight how big of an esports scene mobile legends, bang, bang is in Southeast Asia specifically. Uh, well, I think I just, uh, I had a panel, uh, I think just a few days ago and in Busan, uh, with the IESF, uh, recently, actually the topic I had in that panel was, uh, the rise of mobile esports. So it's a great, uh, opportunity for, for me to also do some recap here. Um, I think the mobile esports scene started around 2017, if I remember correctly. Um, back then, there's like a Wayne Gory, uh, 3v3 mobile game title doing some kind of community esports and also, um, Clash Royale. Back then, they were running some, uh, Clash Royale esport, uh, mobile esport tournaments. I think back then, they, they, they're also still testing the market and running some casually esport tournaments, um, for these two titles. I think, the success was seen, uh, since Clash Royale doing the tournament globally. We see the possibility of mobile esports. Actually, we see, um, the players competing with a mobile phone, which, uh, something probably never did before. And, and yeah, I think globally, how it started and back into the Asia scene, I think the, the mobile esport, um, Started uh, also pretty similar year 2018 and so, where the mobile um, titles start rolling out into the Asian market uh, in China, uh, and also Mobile Legend in Southeast Asia. Um, just a sense of how big uh, probably the the community is Mobile Legends is. We have um, around a hundred million monthly active user globally. For, for mobile legends, um, and also for, for our Asia scenes, uh, it's taking up about close to 80% of our user bases, uh, playing it, uh, actively monthly. So, uh, that's our active users. And, uh, yeah, and, and the scene was actually started, uh, also, um, not purposely, but also community driven for, for mobile legends. Uh, I think this, the event that we started, uh, 
in it, it actually not not also an official mobile legend event. It all started in Indonesia, uh, in a shopping mall uh, community event, which um, and community tournament being hosted in the Indonesia shopping mall. Uh, with some of the teams back then, not even calling professional team, but just a community team playing in that shopping mall. Um, the, the event went crazily successful, I would say, uh, which packed the mall with uh, thousands of audience spectators, uh, watching the game being played at that mall. And at that time, it was also around some, um, security concerns for that mall because thousands of people um, packed in the atrium just to uh, watch the game being played um, on on the stadium. So um, funny story is actually the more uh, after that event, uh, the more banned uh, all mobile legends events uh, to 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 being hosted at the shopping mall, and um, because of the security concerns, uh, I think that's the moment. Um, our our management uh, our management team started notice uh actually wow the mobile legend community are really uh interested in in this esport event so that's how we started to um think about uh, we can actually as a publisher we can also uh, run some official uh tournaments uh setting up the schedule of our event uh for for mobile legends that's how we started in Indonesia. Um, and also in the Philippines, Malaysia, we started doing some professional league. Uh, we, the league structure, uh, we established is like two seasons per year and all lead up to the world championship. And I think back then we just involved, uh, a couple of Asia countries to participate in our M1, which is, uh, five years ago. We have some, uh, Southeast Asia country competing in M1. And yeah, and how, how, how it started, uh, with Indonesians in back then with the viewership of season one, I think it just, um, it just 70k TCU with season one MPL Indonesia. And, uh, fast forward to nowadays, if you look at the MPL Indonesia, it's generating 2 million TCU, which is, uh, one of the most popular league in the world right now. So, I think that that's how the scene has been uh, exposed the last couple of years where the mobile esports is really start rising up in the Asia scene, become, becoming one of the, uh, actually the leading uh, genre of uh, esports uh, in the Asia scene, which is the mobile esports uh, nowadays. So yeah, and for us, um, it never, I think it didn't stop us from here, just uh, um, having the Asian scene really into the mobile esports. Uh, for us, we are also doing globalizations, uh, which launching uh, the games globally and also launching some of the esports tournaments globally across different regions as well. Like last year, we started uh, MPO Amina, which focused on the Middle East countries. And also we started in the, some of the CIS regions, uh, also Turkey, South Asia, Latin America as well. So I think from Asia, uh, we are now expanding globally to other parts of the world as well. So yeah, um, we see, we still see some challenges in the Western world. Like, uh, used to be like a lot of players were used to console and PC 
and or some of the brain's behavior also quite sticky to 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 that um, PC and consoles. But I think with the new generation rising up and their habits like um, more more uh, playing playing games with phone will be something uh, becoming a habit and such, and probably maybe we change the scene in the future like mobile esports in the Western world can be uh, entering the mainstream as well. I think it's it's very fascinating, in particular when you talk about mobile esports and how. Like it is becoming more and more of a a modern thing, uh, especially when you bring out rising technology with mobile phones. Um, the, do you think that the yep. fact that mobile esports has been able to target, um, you know, traditionally and, and economically poorer countries has benefited mobile esports in terms of the growth? Because not everyone can afford a PC, but they can afford a mobile phone essentially to essentially play those games on? Yeah, I think that uh, also play a very critical role while how the Southeast Asia scene seems to be skipping the PC and console era into the mobile esport era. I think in the Southeast Asia scene, we also see um, the community there. Uh, there's like, uh, back then actually there's a huge uh culture in the Southeast Asian uh, Southeast Asia in Indonesia and the Philippines they have that kind of uh cyber cafe or net cafe culture where they can get access to PC and console game because um I think a couple years ago so maybe a decade ago uh not everyone can afford a PC or a console and and in their uh Family. That's why the culture was developed uh, in the Southeast Asia scene. Uh, but I think there's still limitation of this um, penetration of cyber cafe in, in the Southeast Asia scene. So um, there, there's a growth of the community with uh, with the PC esports, but not as fast as it grows because I think the limitation of the infrastructure. But with mobile game, um, start rolling out into the market of uh, Southeast Asia scenes, and with this, um, uh, like Southeast Asia also, uh, having an uphill of their economy, and which some of the, uh, people or some of the youngest start having their mobile phone, and where where they can get access to gaming, uh, easier compared to. Uh, maybe a decade ago, they need to go to a cafe or something to enjoy games. Instead, now they can um, play the game via their mobile. I think that's where the Southeast Asia scene started um, to rapidly grow with the mobile titles. Uh, with whatever games being launched in the market, I think it acquired players uh, very easily in Southeast Asia, I think, four or five years ago. And yeah, that has helped to build our big community in, in Southeast Asia. And, and also because of that, uh, as a mobile, mobile legend is also one of the, uh, esport competitive title. So I think it, it essentially, uh, it just naturally grows the need of esport because the game is very competitively and also the players, uh, and the communities also have the behavior of watching some better players to play and then they can also learn the skills from that. So yeah, I think so that that's that's pretty much how the scene got exposed 
in in, in the Southeast Asia country with the um, mobile titles being one of the key driven uh, esports title nowadays. One thing I do want to mention is the esports ecosystems that Mobile Legends in particular has, because it is again like from a from a Western mind coming over. Like Mobile Esports has a franchise league system for the Philippines and for Indonesia. Um, why do you think that model works for those two countries in particular? Like you said, the Indonesia League has now. 2 million peak viewers on in the in the title and the Philippines league again is showing a growth again in co- terms of viewership. So why do you think that those titles those countries in particular work well with that franchise model? So if you are talking about the franchise system and in, in our current uh mobile legends uh the ecosystem, right? So um currently we have two franchise leagues uh, one is uh, in the Indonesia, and the other one is in the Philippines. So uh, we launched the two franchise league in uh two thousand uh probably two thousand nineteen, if I if I also remember correctly. Um, uh, where I think the deciding factors. For for us to launch a franchise league is whether the the market size is big enough, where we can attract enough capital, um, for us as a sponsor to our league, which having a revenue share with all the teams owner, because I think the um what what we want to do for for this franchise league is to make sure we have a very sustainable ecosystem where where we wish and want every owners um of of the teams can can be beneficial from uh the the model that that we are building that's why we we selected the two biggest market uh, for mobile legends, uh, Indonesia and the Philippines, where where we launched the franchise league. Um, I think ever since we started, uh, we we also constantly having conversation with our um, the teams owner, uh, which play in the Indonesia and the Philippine leagues, where where whether or not they are happy with the current state. Um, of the furniture and the, also the vision and where are we heading to um, so far for, for, for the two franchise league. I think the feedback from the team's owner and also some of the uh, other teams looking into joining uh, the ecosystem, the franchise league system for Mobile Legends eSports is we, we all are uh, hearing good words from the foundation we are setting up. They are satisfied with uh, what we are building uh for these two countries for the franchise league system uh that's the good thing because it's also aligned with our uh belief that we we want it to be sustainable and um also also uh building a good ecosystem for for that two particular markets um yeah i think some of the questions we got in 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 some of the um networking event also being asked to us is how how we can make it sustainable for, for these uh, team owners. I think interesting 
scene in South uh, in, in Indonesia and uh, the Philippines is uh, actually the operation cost for running a Southeast Asia team is not that expensive in in, in that two particular country. So uh, with the numbers of team itself, um, we have less than ten teams for that two franchise league. So I think when we when we share the revenues to to the owners uh, for the team, it just less than 10 teams to share, which uh, each of the team can, can be getting a decent amount of revenue share. And to it also, um, with the fan base, a uh, huge fan base in, in Southeast Asia, the, the teams is a, also able to capitalize it uh, in monetization for the teams itself in terms of selling sponsorship, um, their merch, and some of the uh, streamers also doing revenue share, uh, getting revenue from uh, streaming, uh, and such. Yeah. So I think that's uh, the foundation of the two uh, franchise that we are having now. And uh, for other market, we, we are uh, doing some open system. So I think for us, um, our strategy for the overall uh, Moonsoon Games as a company is we do uh, hyper localization that that how how we highlight our our publishing strategy how we works differently from other publisher uh, that's why we set different for for esports as well we depends on the market size and things and then we set up the proper structure for for um, some specific market yeah and for other market um, some of them also doing MPL but um, they instead of uh, Indonesia and the Philippines, they're running an open system, which having a relegation season, uh, which welcoming the, some new teams to join. And I think essentially, I think we will evaluate market by market, see where the, the opportunity comes and we want to launch, uh, further launch another franchise league. So is the, is the intention to, to eventually do another, like you said, another franchise league? I know that when I went to Malaysia for the mid-season Invitational, I think it was last year, um, yeah. there was, uh, I spoke to some Malaysian team owners and they were like, can we have an MPL Malaysia be franchise? Is there, is the thoughts of kind of, of expanding the franchises or is the priority on those two leagues right now in terms of that model? Yeah, I think uh, inter- internally, uh, we also having some active conversation um, for for the market. Uh, I I think everything could be possible. Uh, I think internally we are also evaluating the market size, the capital, whether it's possible, um, how many teams, and and such as a topic. Uh, but eventually whether we uh decided to do it or not, uh, it, it really depends on um the the evaluation of the market whether it makes sense, it's the right timing to do so. Um, yeah, actually not just Malaysia, but it applies to every market. Uh, we're constantly having evaluations, um, probably year by year or even faster, like twice a year at an evaluation on the market where, uh, where it's heading to, how's the growth, uh, is a need from that, uh, how we can actualize it and does it make sense for us? So that's been a topic, uh, being discussed internally. I think, yeah, I think we also have, um, for the Malaysia team, I think they also have a very close relationship with all the Malaysian team owners. Uh, they're also probably having, having a conversation and such, uh, in between. So, 
Yeah, so I would say from official point of view, nothing official yet, uh, but it's been a topic uh, within the, the, the team and also the team owner as well. One thing I want to move on to slightly is uh, the Western market, in particular, like Europe, MENA, uh, you know, and, and, and kind of outside of Asia in particular. Um, do you think that it's, it's difficult for mobile esports in the West to kind of grow in size and audience? Because the, there is, when you compare the two, the East and the West divide, essentially, mobile esports feels like, well, just like an eSport, it's not just mobile eSports, it's just referred to as eSports in general, whereas there is that kind of a bit more of a stigma towards the Western side when it comes to that, with only a, a few titles such as like, you know, like Brawl Stars probably being one, which is like a Western-centric title, which has kind of made it in, in the West. Do you think it's difficult then for mobile eSports to kind of grow that fan base since you have that PC-dominant uh, audience, essentially? Yeah, like like I mentioned, it's... Uh, where where how esports growth is really depends on the community and the player base. Uh, I think in Asia scene, eh, the mobile esports growing really rapidly is because uh we acquired a lot of new users uh throughout the years, and in, we if we are counting all those monthly active users, right? mobile title is being the most popular title in the Eastern world right now. So the, I think the same case applied to the Western world. I think uh, PC and console titles, uh, the eSport titles, still consider the, the, the most playing titles in, in the Western world. So I think that essentially um, set up the scene differently uh, in terms of perspective of mobile eSports. I think um, I also went through this topic uh, in the panel that I mentioned two days ago. Uh, I think the, the terms that uh, there's an interesting question being raised by the moderator and he's asking whether we can call esports as an overall in the future, like when, when the e mobile esports rise, right? And essentially, oh, there's only esports left with all the PC console and mobile title with it, and we call it esports instead of mobile esports. Um, I gave, gave an answer to to the panel. Uh, is I think mobile esports e still a very unique genre. Uh, if we are talking about the mobile esport, um, I think it's being called mobile esport is because of its mobility and also accessibility. Uh, when it compare differently to PC and console title. Uh, which where you can maybe you're hanging out with your friends in a cafe and such, and there's no PC, no console there. But uh, if you want to play games with the, with the games, right, you can immediately just pull out your phone and then uh, play whatever titles you like, Mobile Legend or whatever. You can instantly play it um, in where wherever you want with a mobile, uh, carrying a mobile. So yeah, that that's something I think it will never change. Uh, in, in terms of uh, the mobile esports being very easy to access. Uh, we're, we're also, um, uh, which giving us a lot of opportunities in working with different partners in the ecosystem where we have a partners called GG Truck, where they actually built a very big, uh, LED scene, uh, LED screen inside a truck 
where they drive the truck to some of the different province uh, in the in the Philippines, where some of the province don't really have the good facility to to have this kind of um, tournament viewing experience, where they they just drove uh, the truck in a province and then turn it into a big stage, and instantly the community all carrying a mobile can be like gathering um, in front of the the truck and becoming a stage of uh, esport. Uh, platform as such. So I think that's something uh will be very challenging for PC and console if they want to do so, is that there's not something that really that easy to assess accessible for, for, for it. So I think eventually uh what it defines mobile esports is really the uh, I think the style of playing is different, but event essentially is is the same because it also requires very uh, high skill level if you really want to become a good player in mobile esports as well. It also requires um, good reaction time, uh, constant training in order to become the pinnacle um, of, of the, the tournaments. Yeah. I want to uh, talk about M5 now. Um, again, the event that you're, you're, you're at right now. Um, one thing that was really interesting for me was the inclusion of a Chinese team to make it through to the wildcard stage. Uh, I believe that this was the first time that a Chinese representative was actually in the M World Championships. Um, what do you talk about um, that expansion into China, and why? How was the decision to actually include a Chinese team into the uh, the M World Championships? Yeah, I think it's always been an important puzzle for us to include a China teams uh, that we. Uh, obtain the license for for uh mobile legends China China versions uh in 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 the China scene uh this year so we get a license that's why I uh internally we we all think it makes sense for us to include um China team um to compete in our world championship uh so. Yeah, I think that's also really um, a very good. China has also been a scene that uh, proven is uh, actually a mobile esport country, uh, where where the mobile titles in in China, um, they they actually uh actually achieving very good viewerships and uh, also having a very good uh, monetization model in China as well. So I think China being one of the market uh, that really have the scenes and the infrastructure is uh, where, where we can acquire the uh, China teams and having them uh, to play in the N5 World Championship will make a lot of sense. Yeah, so so uh, eventually we have two, we have one China team that represent uh, the China regions in, in our N5 wildcard. Unfortunately, uh, they 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 just won one game uh, throughout the journey, but I think it's also giving uh, the the regions a, a trial for the for the first uh, season they they join the world championship. I think with the uh, very good infrastructure in China, uh, probably next year after a year of training, uh, probably they they will get better. Uh, in a sense that uh, becoming a better teams uh, and then to compete probably in M6 as well. So 
yeah, I think for us having China uh, really means a lot to us and also to the community. Uh, because before uh, the China team confirmed to join uh, M5 and after that, so I think the overall um, Southeast Asia community really have a very uh, active uh, communications or active conversation of oh, how China team will, will be performing in, in, in M5. Um, so it's been, it's been really great that, uh, we have a China team uh, representing, uh, in the regions, uh, this year in M5. And, uh, how interesting is it to have basically your world championship take place in, in two different countries as well, right? So if I, if I'm not mistaken, yep. the finals right now, which is the main stage is in the Philippines and was it Indonesia, which was the wild card? Like, how did that come about in the sense of that you basically split in, well, the wildcard obviously being a new stage as well for the um, cha- World Championships, yep. but how did you decide to split these and put these in two different countries? Yeah, the wildcard we had in, in uh, KL, Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. Uh, I think, yes, I think we also uh, want to give the Southeast Asia um uh, opportunities to host this international event because uh, because we are doing our five years anniversary uh, event right now. We, we take a look back of M1, where it started is actually in Kuala Lumpur in M1. So I think it gives a sense of um, a community that uh, is returning to uh, Kuala Lumpur for, for the wildcard stage where leading up to the Philippines um, it, it, it will give the community in Malaysia a sense that, okay, this is a five year anniversary. And also, uh, they host a mobile legends hosting a world cup in, in, in Malaysia. It makes a lot of sense because, um, when, when we are deciding the host country, uh, for, for the world championship itself, it, it, if it can involve more countries, I, I would say, why not? All right. Because the community, will be really hyped and really be um, anticipating this event to go to their home country. So, yeah, I think this year we have the World Cup in uh, Malaysia, then moving to the main stage in the Philippines. It, it can take care of the, these two countries' community. For us, I think, yeah, if, you can, if we can do so, why not, right? Like uh, having, having this international event being hosted uh, in more countries. And is there any thoughts of with this kind of mini expansion, especially like you said in the MENA region and potentially in China? Um, and I do want to talk about the West in a second. Is there any reason? Is there any thought of like potentially having a world championship outside of Southeast Asia, or is it the case of it's the biggest market right now, so it should really stay in that area? Yeah, I think the Western world is always under our radar. Um, what we have observed this year is we have uh, partners uh, uh, International Esports Federation they just finished an event a uh, couple months ago in Romania uh, where the host country also sending uh, representative teams from Romania um, what, what I heard from the uh, organizer they, they told us the Romania uh, with the Romanian uh, community for mobile legends we is actually not not small um they they did a open qualifier to 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 select the Romanian team to represent the country 
where they need to cut off the deadline earlier because they they get too many um applications uh being submitted actually there there were over sixty team uh being submitted and they they need to uh, they were originally just planning a very small qualifier to get the Mobile Legends team to represent Romania. And eventually, they have to extend the event um, to a couple more days to finish up the event and select the Romania team. So, yeah, I, I think that that also surprised us uh, where the community is really uh, having this kind of competitiveness thinking to form a team to compete in the qualifier uh, in, in Romania. So it's it just one single country in the in the Western world. So yeah, I think we, we've been constantly also looking at the, the new market and doing evaluation year by year. Um, and of course, as a company, we have some focus area or focus country that we become our key market uh, in the coming years. But uh, Western country, um, it's always under our radar where where we keep uh, evaluating the, the market performance. I guess one thing that I want to mention before we uh, before we end the the chat is about kind of the the North American scene with Mobile Legends. In particular, obviously, right now there is uh, the the Ohio Brothers, which are competing at the M Five World Championships. I believe that there are two Brazilian teams which are also competing in the the World Championships as well. How good is it to kind of see kind of more regions, you know, kind of compete in the world championships compared to when you had M1, for example? Yeah, I think to us, uh, we call it world championship. Uh, definitely, we want to in- involve more country around the world so that uh, it is a world championship, right? Uh, so with these new regions joining the scenes, it's really come compete what uh, where uh, our visions being set a couple of years ago. Uh, we really want to win a world championship for Mobile Legends to involve more countries. And these new regions, some of them have been proven themselves as a rising dark horse. I think Tur- Turkey, Turkish team, uh, really performing so well the last two uh, international events. And they also um, be performing quite well so far in this tournament. Hopefully they can go further. And um, and this M5, we also have a team from Mongolia, which is a really, really uh, competitive teams in, in, in the scenes. Uh, we see, we started seeing Mongolian representing their region in some of uh, our partners' event uh, in, in the, the Romania event. Actually, they, they got to top four across the 60 countries. So um, with a small country having just 3 million populations to produce a team like that competitively, uh, it's really amazing to see how these small regions can, can compete in a global level. So so yeah, I think for us, um, seeing these new regions being involved uh, in, in our world championships, uh, it means a lot to us. I. But uh, I think it also means a lot to their community. Um, yeah, because it, it'd be like, oh, that, that's actually um, uh, a path for them to looking forward to. Like, they can actually form a team to compete in their regions. And essentially, if they're that good enough, they got a chance to play in the world championships. Uh, that path 
is is really um meaningful to 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 all these country they they really stand a chance to compete in the um pinnacle or the best uh setting or the best tournament in, in the world to to represent their country as a team and uh, and going into 2024 then um the obviously i know obviously the all focus right now will be on the world championship right now but going into next year what are like some of kind of your personal goals for mobile legends esports but then also you know mobile legends is goal for the esports ecosystem for next year yeah i think uh with a couple more days or one or two weeks later we're probably having more announcement uh announcing our roadmap for 2024 i think as i'm uh leading the ecosystem for mobile legends we want a more um, open ecosystem, which allowed all our partners where they want to host mobile legends, uh, tournaments in their regions, uh, no matter locally or globally, they can easily do it. So, um, we, we, we'll be launching, um, some of the tools, uh, which helping these, um, tournament organizer, uh, easier to organize this event. Um, and also we are expanding some of our partners event. Uh, I think this, this year has been amazing. We have working with, uh, one esports for MPLI and also they also, uh, also they're doing one esport community tournaments, which make a lot of sense to the ecosystem where they take care of the amateurs and also the pros. And, uh, another partners that we have worked together this year is uh, ESL, uh, being included. Mobile Legends to their Snapdragon Pro series, which, uh, I think we, we both happy of what we have, um, achieved in that tournaments. Um, from that perspective, they, uh, uh, expanding the product to do more titles. And from our point, our point of view, uh, ESL has been a very good partners as well. The, uh, the creativeness from their Snapdragon Pro series. Also something very interesting where they had that, uh, community, um, tournaments in the earlier stage and selecting some of the best team from community, the amateur teams to compete with the pro teams being invited to their circuit. I think that that really, um, give a sense that, uh, um, how, how the amateurs and the pros are being taken care of from, from the, uh, tournament itself. Um, having this escalated path for them to, to meet the pros as well, because I think it's not easy for these community teams to play against a pro team because the pro teams have their own schedule of streaming, uh, with another teams and have their calendar of playing. So I think that that structure is also, uh, being creatively, uh, cultivated by, by ESL as well. And, and not to mention, we have other partners. Uh, we, we have Sea Games, uh, having Mobile Legends as one of the more, uh, the medal titles. We had, uh, IESF, um, just right up there, World Championship, also having Mobile, uh, Legends as one of the titles as well. So I think 2023 has been a rich, um, calendar year for us. We have a very full content calendar this year and moving forward to 2024. We, um, establishing more partners and, uh, uh, rolling out more, uh, tools for our partners who are interested to hosting mobile legend tournaments or them easier to, 
execute um, the organization of tournaments. So we're looking for um, to have more tournaments and um, yeah, the Mobile Legend Esports Excellence in 2024. Ray, it's a, an absolute pleasure to have you on uh, to chat with you. I could probably could go on for another hour or so, but I know that you've got a, an event behind you, which is still currently going on. So I do appreciate the time. Yeah, I appreciate the time, uh, Tom. Uh, it's been a pleasure to share uh, this knowledge to you and the audience. And that's it for today's The Industry Podcast. If you do like what you see or what you hear, then don't forget to share this podcast around on any social media network or any streaming platforms that you currently watch or listen this to. It was a pleasure having Ray on, and yeah, I'll see you in the next episode.